people has experienced two very tough years. We believe that the darker it gets in the world, the lighter it gets in the church. Just like it was for the children of Israel when they were in Egypt, all kind of plagues and bad things were breaking out in the lives of the Egyptians. But for the people of God, they didn't experience the frogs. They, they, they weren't affected by the blood, the, the water that turned blood. They weren't affected or impacted at all by the grasshoppers that swarmed and the locusts. Their firstborn weren't touched. Amen. But in all of Egypt, there was wailing and mourning and all kind of tough and difficult things. I say all of that because over these past two years, through these things that have been prophesied, uh, the pestilence, the, the wars and rumors of wars, uh, so many in the church have gotten knocked out of their, their pattern of worship. So many haven't returned to worshiping God in a church facility. I, I, of course, commend every one of you all. But for those of you that are online and you haven't made it back, I know you've gotten comfortable with the idea of being able to worship from home and get a good word, and I know you're connected. I'm not knocking that. But I am, I am exhorting you, especially as we get ready to celebrate Jesus, let that be your return. Let that be the time where you shake off that the, the, the past habit over the past two years and find yourself in church somewhere on this Resurrection Sunday. Amen? Amen. Well, we've been preparing our hearts uh, for this celebration as it relates to our offerings. And the Spirit of God brought to my attention Second Samuel chapter 24, something here that I believe will really bless you. In verse 20 through 25, it says, Now Arunah looked and saw the king and his servants coming toward him. So Arunah went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Then Arunah bowed with his face to the ground. Then Arunah said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, to buy the threshing floor from you, to build an altar to the Lord, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. Oh, this is good. Now Aruna had said to David, let my Lord the king take and offer up what seems good to him. Look, here are the oxen for the burnt sacrifice. You can have the threshing floor, the threshing implements, and the yokes of oxen you can use for wood. Verse 23 says, And all these, O king, Aruna has given to the king. And Aruna said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. Then the king said to Aruna, No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered a burnt offering and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land. And the plague was withdrawn from Israel. Now, by the time we finish this, of course, you know, I'm believing that you'll have some exciting revelation about this particular passage. 
But last week, I, I started talking about sacrificial offerings. I, I don't know if you realize this, but when you give your tithes, and particularly when you give offerings, that which is above the tithe, it is no different than taking a bull and sacrificing it and burning it and the, the smoke and the aroma uh, going up before God. We've just taken the word sacrifice off of it, and we just simply call it offerings. Oh, it's quiet in this church. We don't have to build an altar in our backyard and, you know, from week to week burn sheep and go. As a matter of fact, we're not even agricultural in, in, in our society in that sense. Not all of us, you know, different industries. But when we give to the Lord, it is no different than offering a sacrifice to him. With that in mind, I want to read 1 John chapter 4. Y'all okay today? Are y'all awake? I know they took an hour of time from you. Amen. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, we read it out of the New Living, but in the King James Bible or the New King James Bible, it says, verse 10, and this is love. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Everybody say propitiation. Now, that's not a word that you've probably ever texted in your lifetime. <laughs> Obviously, it's an old English word and has a significant meaning. And I pray after today it'll have a more significant meaning. But the Bible teaches us, particularly in three different passages here in 1 John 4, then in 1 John 2, and then over in the book of Romans chapter 3, it teaches us that Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. I want to talk to you about a propitiation. In preparing to celebrate the erection of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, uh, I want to talk to you for a moment about bringing a sacrificial offering to the Lord in honor of the great sacrifice that he gave in offering Jesus for our sins. By definition, this kind of offering is actually a propitiation. Uh, a propitiation is something of value that you give in order to gain favor with someone. It truly is a sacrificial offering. Just like we see in 1 John 4 and 10 in the New Living Translation, it says this is real love, that, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. As a sacrifice to take away our sins. So that word propitiation is a big word that means sacrificial offering. Well, in preparing our hearts, we want to be able to offer to God something that cost us as a sacrifice and a thanksgiving to him. With that in mind, I want, I want you to be encouraged by 2 Samuel chapter 24 by this story. Uh, we don't have time to read the entire story, but King David was facing a real challenge. There was a plague that was killing thousands of people, much similar to what's going on in our world today. Not only have we faced the coronavirus, but even in present times, over the past week, I've seen, I don't know what, what it's like at the place where you get gas, but at the place where I get gas, Man, that thing is just keep, it keeps going up and up. 
And, and it is a real challenge, I mean, with what Ukraine is facing. You know, I, I saw it and I thought in my mind, there's no way that Russia is going to move all of those persons and all of that equipment without actually attacking that country. But for months, you know, we listened to the idea that they might or it appears that and so forth. And then sure enough that they attack. Why drag us through all of that? They are going to attack them. Come on, y'all help me today. And yet we are living in a very interesting time in life. And in the same way, we have a God that's on our side. We can go to God when times get tough and things look difficult and people are severely impacted. I don't know what it's like. Maybe you've got something serious going on in your life or in your family. I want you to hear this word from God. In 2 Samuel 24, verse 20 and 21, uh, to go back over it, he says, Now Aruna, this is a guy who owned a, uh, some property and some equipment, and it was in a very strategic place, and the king David came to him, and when this guy saw him coming toward him, verse 20 says this, So Aruna went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Then Aruna said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, I've come to buy the threshing floor from you and to build an altar to the Lord. Well, why are you doing that? So that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. In other words, David came to this man, Aruna, believing God. My question to you is, are you today believing God for something? Maybe two or three kind of said something. Are you today believing God for something? Are you believing God for something where your body is concerned or where your loved ones are concerned? Maybe you have a child that's going through a very, very difficult time right now. Or maybe there's symptoms of sickness and disease. Maybe you're believing God for the people. Maybe because of the plague in the land. Maybe you're believing God for the people in Ukraine. I don't know what you're believing. Believing God for, but if you are, just like me, this passage will encourage you. Because the reason why he came to this man was because he wanted to offer an offering. He wanted to give a propitiation. He wanted to gain favor with God on behalf of the people. And so, so the, the, this, this guy... He's like, whoa, why is the king paying me a visit today? What, what do you want? He says, I want to buy your threshing floor. Now, that, that's where they thresh. Uh, come on, somebody. Y'all got to help me now. I guess, you know, you get weed and barley and other things and, and that you need to work it. You need to prepare it to take it to market. And so, you know, you thresh it on the threshing floor. You know, you'd press out the grapes in the area where there was a wine press. You had farm equipment. I don't know what a threshing floor is. Maybe I could look it up in the Bible dictionary and all of that great stuff. But I get the idea. He wanted to buy a building. He wanted to buy a plant. He wanted to buy some equipment. He wanted to buy some oxen so that he could take this and out of this stuff build an altar and on that altar offer a sacrifice so that the plague so that what he's believing God for would manifest who am I preaching to today y'all making me work hard and you know I didn't get enough sleep last night you know I didn't get enough sleep last night 
And so he wants to buy it to offer an offering so that the thing that he is believing God for will manifest. Now let's look at the next verse. Verse 22. Verse 22 says this. Now Aruna said to David, Let my lord the king take and offer up what seems good to him. Just take it. Look, I got oxen and I own all of these. You can use my oxen for your burnt sacrifice. And as a matter of fact, you can have all of the threshing floor, all of the wood, and you can even take the equipment that we use to plow with, and you can use the wood from that equipment to, 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 to offer this sacrifice. You don't have to pay me anything for it. Now, to some, that might sound like a really good deal. You come to God to, to give him an offering, and somebody's like, well, here, you know. Take this and give it to God. But listen to David's heart. In verse number 23, it says, All these, O king, Aruna has given to the king. And as Aruna said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. So he absolutely wanted to give it as a gift. But here's the thing. David doesn't want this Just to give for free. Listen to what he said in verse 24. In verse 24 it says, Then the king said to Aruna, No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Why would you do that? This guy is trying to give you the ox. He's trying to give you the wood. You're trying to give an offering to God. He wants to give this stuff to you. And then he's like, I want to give it to you. I, want to, I just want to be a blessing to you. Here, take it. You can have it. You're the king. I want to give it to you. But David says, no. I will surely buy it for you from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. Amen? Do you all see, and and, and you can play softly for me if you would, please. Do you all see the great value and the benefit here? His heart was like, I'm not going to offer to God something that doesn't cost me something. Something that is of no value, of no significance. Something that requires no sacrifice. See, I think we have grown way too accustomed to giving to God what's left over. What doesn't really, it it doesn't hurt us at all to give $20 or $50 or $100 or whatever the amount is. doesn't matter what the amount is. It doesn't cost us anything. But what I am challenging you to do is to believe God for an opportunity to sow a sacrificial offering as an act of worship. That while you're believing God for things to happen in your life and in your family, while you're believing for things to manifest, I I, I made this particular note to challenge you to let this be your heart disposition. 
as you're believing God to manifest answers to your prayers, express your faith in God by sacrificing something of value. Amen. I believe that it'll make a tremendous difference in your life and in your family. I, I, I don't like to believe for something if I haven't sown a seed already in advance. You know, I shared with you all our testimony that, you know, we came into a, a five-figure sum of money. And um, I had purposed and decided in my heart that before that even showed up, I decided that anything outside of my salary that anybody gives me, any organization gives me, for anything, that half of it I'm going to give to God. And that was just a decision that I made in my own home. And I'm excited about that. Because if I come into a million dollars, come on somebody, that means $500,000 is going into the kingdom of God in one way or another. I didn't get no much excitement on that. Amen. And sure enough, I mean, this happened. I made the decision. And sure enough, months later, it showed up really big and praise God. And now I'm excited. Glory to God. But you know, that, that gift that I'm going to give, that we're going to give, it's going to cost us something. Because we're believing God for some things. We're, we're believing God to pay cash for the house that we're in right now. Glory to God. We're believing God to be able to buy another vehicle. And we're believing to be able to send our boys to college debt free. And we're be- believing for so many significant things. I could easily take that which I- I've come into and use it for myself. But actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to sacrifice it. Come on. While I'm believing God to manifest some great things in our lives. Amen. David said, I will not offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing. I pray you be encouraged by it. I'll do a better job next time.